Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And uh, we're going to definitely talk some some football today. For anybody who doesn't know, Austin and I are both uh, both footy, footy guys too. Football, football, the beautiful game. Uh, World Cup coming up here. Austin, you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I went ahead and did so uh, a funny, very short story about this. So I have lamented the fact that the U.S. hasn't had a decent jersey for like a decade. And yes, that's very boomer of me. But they've no, just been right. so damn awful over the past multiple World Cup cycles. Um, and I hate the ones this cycle too, although the white ones are livable for anybody that's seen them before. I don't have a U.S. jersey that fits me. Like in my adult life, like never bought one because they've sucked. So I finally broke down and bought one for this tournament in my favorite player, who is Eunice Musa. And I was laying in bed last night and kind of chatting with my wife. And she said something about like something. And I was like, oh, well, you actually, well, you'll never guess what I did today. I bought a U.S. jersey. And she gives me this look and she goes, why would you do that? Christmas is coming. And I said, well, the World Cup's now. Like, oh. I can't wait. And she was like. She pulls out this notes thing on her phone that she had taken a note of what I'd said earlier about this to buy it for me at a later date. And she read it off to me and she said, you said, and I quote, I want a kit when they don't fucking suck. And if I could get you Musa, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that 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 does sound like me. That probably was a direct quote. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, I can have more than one. Like, just buy me the next one. So um so she's not happy with me. I'm sleeping in our second bedroom tonight with our cat. Um, mm. But uh, I'm very excited. I, I, I'm I'm so hyped. I'm going to watch probably pretty much every single game. Yeah, I'm really excited too. I, I work from home, so like I can I'll be able to watch um, pretty much all these games. And they're staggered enough too that, and they're not super early in the morning that I'll be okay. Uh, I'll, I should be able to catch pretty much all of these. Are you Are you going to avoid going into the office for a couple of those days? Um, that's to be determined, but there's a T so the, the way our office is set up, um, there's like a big dividing wall that like a couple of our people who work on our team are on one side of it and everybody else is on the other side. And I'm on the side where there's not that many people and there's a TV monitor in my cubicle right next to my desk. I'll take a picture mm -hmm. of it and I'll show it to you there. So okay. I am heavily there's like a uh, a USB like box that kind of hangs down from it. So I'm heavily considering bringing in my fire stick and putting it in there and trying to watch the games on that. Does your fire stick like you you can get all the games through there? I don't even know what channel they're on. I mean, I know Fox. across one of my platforms, I'll have them. But yeah, it should be. I think pretty sure they're all on Fox and I have hmm. um, a, I, I can I can watch them all on Fox Sports on the app. So I should be able to watch all of them. I have not tested it yet. I'll report back. You're going to have back. to do a test drive, Colin. Um, uh, it's a good but... point. I didn't think about that. I definitely should. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to keep do a test drive on that. But I think I should be able to watch all these games. Who are you picking? To win it all? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, I think it runs through South America. I think it's going to be Argentina or Brazil. Um, Argentina is just so hot right now. Argentina, so hot right Argentina, now. They're hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they're just they they are really hot right now. I think it's going to run through run through them. I think I think France is going to disappoint. 
with some of those injuries they have piling up and it's just, you know, also being France. Yeah, I know this isn't a soccer pod, but soccer, I don't know about you, Colin, but soccer is probably the sport that I know best. Um, Tactically, yeah, absolutely. I think France is going to be hurting. They they don't, they don't. Basically, their entire center midfield is going to be missing, which for anybody that doesn't watch a lot of France, they're kind of a passive team, but their midfield does a lot of the work. And they're kind of a flare front two, front three, front four. So um, no midfield, I think, is going to really hurt them. I picked Brazil. I'm in a couple different um, okay. like pools. And I picked Brazil uh, in both of them, but I think if I'm if I'm capping this tournament, I'm betting against Belgium. They have a very yeah. weak group, but I think this is I think the wheels fall off a year before everybody thinks they're going to. This is a very old squad. They have again that like they have Canada, who's missing one or two of their best players. They have Japan, and they have like Tunisia or, or uh, Senegal. It's, it's 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 a bad group, regardless. Yeah. So I have I, I don't know if I can fade them in the group, but I'm definitely fading them uh, moving forward. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the U.S. group at all. I don't think England's very good, but they are probably the best team in the group. They don't scare me. Um, but yeah, I, I have Brazil winning it. Brazil, I think Germany will be an interesting threat. Um, Argentina. And um, there's one other one that I have consistently going pretty far too, and I forget who it is. but um, Portugal? Portugal seems to be a hot team now. Now that they have some like other talent around Ronaldo, Portugal's problem is going to be that they run into Germany, mm. and they just yeah. struggle against Germany in big tournaments. True. Um, so, yeah. But that's those are my very quick thoughts um, on on um, on this World Cup. I think Spain's going to be feisty this year too. They some they're an talent. interesting team. They're an interesting team. I think yeah. it's hard to win a World Cup purely as a flair team and i think that's what they are now they're they're very much a finesse squad there's not a lot of i don't know pragmatism in that team i don't know i can't remember a world cup winner in my adult lifetime or like you know my since i was 10 years old or whatever that has been a flair team that's won the world cup i just don't know it's possible um and yeah. i think spain borders on that a lot at times so um that's why I don't feel great about Spain. Like I think if they get into one of those one no grinds, they'll hit a dead end. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That's just my feeling on that. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I just I think they can be feisty this year. But I think it runs through South America because I think Uruguay is pretty interesting too. That's yeah, I don't know what to make of them. And yeah. I will admit I did not watch as much um international stuff over the past like six months leading up to this as i usually do so um you know go figure i am you know doing shows for you people <laughs> writing articles for you people and updating my rankings for you people and working on guides for you people um so um a little thanks every now and then would be great and uh that's what i'm doing with my time fair enough um just last note on that is uh really hoping weston mckinney is back at full strength I was surprised that you guys were all saying you know, we have like a, a group chat with some of our buddies that uh, that you guys were all like Weston's your favorite player. Interesting. Oh yeah, Weston's my Weston's my favorite player. That is like what I strived to be as a player. I was like a more defensive center midfielder, a little bit more of a bruiser, you know, kind of that kind of a guy. So like, even on the teams before this, like I had a soft spot for Kyle Beckerman. Kyle Beckerman had a lot of flaws. <laughs> <Freak> him <laughs> yeah do not he like had, kyle beckerman at all yeah he had a lot of flaws but uh i had a soft spot for him 
just because that's I, I like that type of a player. <laughs> I like a player that probably shouldn't be on the field. This is my favorite <laughs> player. McKinney should be. But. Yeah, no. Uh, so I bet you were a big Ricardo Clark fan too, weren't you? I was not. No. 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 Chris For- Wondolowski. No, the first uh, first soccer player I ever really like when I like I got into soccer when I was like four. Um, but then like I didn't like watch soccer until I was like seven or eight. Um, the player that I really like gravitated to right off the bat, Clint Mathis. Actually, I used to be uh, I used to be more of an attacking player. I transitioned in high school because I was I'm not that fast. Fair enough. That's, All right. Uh... Who'd you say your first favorite player was like ever? Clint Mathis. Mm. I was a big, I was a big Clint Mathis guy. I actually really liked um, uh, John O'Brien too, Mm. who was the first like U.S. wonder kid that people don't remember anymore, but I'm showing my age a little bit. (laughs) Um, And then my first favorite international player, um, Vincent company and Yaya Torre. Those are my Mm. two guys, but there's a pretty, there's there's a theme there for the most part, but Anyway, enough enough soccer talk. Um, we uh, we have some other news here too. Uh, we from Black Friday to Cyber Monday, C two C is going to be offering a deal that anyone can get in on. All non members can sign up for a yearly walk on or scholarship membership here at C two C for twenty five percent off. Uh, those are twenty nine ninety nine and forty nine ninety nine dollar values. Twenty five percent off of those. And as a thank you to any current members, you know, we just we really appreciate all of you guys. Um, so anybody who is a member with us here at C2C currently will receive an email with a buy one, get one 50% off pre-order offer on your choice of two guides for the upcoming season. That can be any combination of our CFF, Devi, or sub freshman and supplemental draft guides. If you have any, yeah, if you have any questions on what any of those memberships entail or involve, um, feel free uh, to reach out and we can kind of direct you toward the one that maybe is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. Always feel free to reach out about that kind of stuff. Um, But we'll move into the actual podcast here about 10 minutes in now. Um, Got some news, some quick hitters here. Uh, Mark Andrews was limited today. Uh, he missed their game. They had the bye week limited now. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on here as the, the week rolls on. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and DeAndre Carter were all limited today for the Chargers. And Allen and Mike Williams have missed a couple games here as well. Jerry I saw, Judy. I saw Mike Williams jumping around though at practice. So I'm hopeful that that means he's in. I really, really need him in a league. So. Were they just playing jump around? Is that why he was jumping around? He was like on the sideline and he was, he was jumping off like one leg off both ankles. So okay. looked, okay. looked better to me, to okay. my uh, untrained eye. So fingers crossed. Um, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler both did not practice today for the Broncos. And Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice again today for the Chiefs with a concussion. After that hit, probably unlikely to play this week. Yeah, I that, was a, that was a bad one. Um, yeah. I don't think Judy plays this week either. I benched him in every single league where I have him, uh, yeah. which is too many as yeah. I was going through. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think either of those guys play, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they do either. And a guy we know isn't going to play, Mikkel Hardman. He was placed on IR with an ab injury. He'll miss at least the next four games here for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, I, think cool. need, I, th- I think we need to talk about this, actually. Um, do we think that this like they're, they're going to legitimately unleash 
Kadarius Tony here is their uh, second receiving option behind Kelsey. They still have MVS, and then mm. it's Kelsey and Tony. Like they don't really have anything else. Yeah, honestly, with Juju and Hardman both out, I really could see Tony getting a lot of work in this one here. You know, I think maybe we see a little bit more Ceh and um, McKinnon as well in, in the passing game since they're a little bit more the passing backs too. But yeah, I think this could be a big Tony week could present a sell opportunity. Uh, so I, I'm not desperately trying, but I am trying to buy him in a couple places this week on teams that I, you know, maybe I, I, I'm short a guy this week or something like that with basically the intention of hopefully having him come in, have a week or two that are pretty big and then maybe flipping him again. And I, if you know me at all, you know that mm -hmm. I hate making trades you do. where I'm kind of, the end goal is then to flip them for more. That is just not how I play fantasy. I mean, obviously I want to acquire guys that are increasing in value, but I'm not trying to actively buy guys that like I have this, this three week period where I'm going to buy them and I'm going to sell them. And if it doesn't work out, then I'm going broke. But I think he's the kind of guy where I might try to do that here. Um, so I don't know what people want for him. I think a lot of people are wary and are probably kind of on the, uh, if I get a, a late second offer for him, I'll ship him off. And I think if you can get him for that, then I think uh, go for it. I, I, re I really don't think that's a bad strategy at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe a 2024 second. Um, Cause I like this class, this 2023 class. I think it's pretty deep, but I advocated at the beginning of last year, um, pre, you know, like pre free agency um, for buying Nicole Hardman given everybody that they were losing, uh, everybody the Chiefs were losing in that wide receiver core. Um, but once they signed Juju and then they drafted Sky Moore, I was, you know, I was, I was off of that. Um, but I am weary to do that as well because I did buy me Cole Hardman in a place or two last year and that blew up in my face. So weary or wary? Come on, Colin. Both. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Corey Davis didn't practice today with a knee injury. Another guy to, to monitor here as the week goes on. But the Packers cut Amari Rogers here this week. Um, a guy that you know I had a little bit of hope for when he came out of Clemson. And given the state of the Packers wide receiver core, thought maybe there could have been something there. They cut him after just two years. What are the Packers doing at wide receiver here? Well, hadn't he fumbled like nine times in ten, in, on like 10 catches or something? Um, yeah, he had some fumbling issues. <laughs> so, so I think it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, I mean, I think the Packers at this point, like I know in the modern NFL, you can never really be too deep at wide receiver. That's why the Bengals went out and got, you know, they have Chase, they have Higgins, they have Boyd. It's why, you know, you can make fun of the Steelers, but they, you know, going, they had Deontay Johnson, they had Claypool, they had, um, Pickens. Uh, George Pickens, and then they, you know, Fryermuth and those guys are good receivers as well. You look at some of the other teams around the league. The the, the Cardinals went out and got Hollywood, even though they already had Hopkins and Rondale. Um, you know, a, a lot of these teams they they try to build up this this these really diverse, deep groups of of receiving options because that's kind of what today is needed in today's NFL. I think the Packers feel okay about where they are from a receiving standpoint, and I don't necessarily agree. But I think the emergence of um, 
uh, um, uh, the, 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 Christian uh, Watson. Yeah, thank you. Christian Watson, who actually already has two touchdowns here tonight on two catches. Um, I think that, and you know, um, uh, Dubs has looked okay. Randall Cobb is now back from injury. And Aaron Jones is obviously basically a receiver coming out of the backfield anyway. I think they felt okay doing this. And, and I mean, it's not like he's really adding anything anyway if he's fumbling that much. So I get the logic there. Fair enough. They just they they packed it in on him pretty pretty early. I and and you know carrying off of your Christian Watson thing here. Do you think this is a uh, are we witnessing a breakout here for Watson or is this a flash in the pan? Um, I think he's going to be very Gabe Davis ish. Interesting. I, I don't know that he's ever a volume guy, and I understand that the big play has value in fantasy, like. I've been beaten over the head with that fact by the nerds over the past year. I get it. Um, and I get they, they, you know, they say the consistency doesn't matter. Like I disagree with them to a certain extent. I think guys like Gabe Davis and Watson that are so volatile are, are players that I'm happy to sell because somebody will value them at their peak when in reality, they should probably be valued more at their median, which is, you know, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three type value basically. And I, I think you can always find somebody that has them valued as like a high end wide receiver too. Like I'm actually, I'm pulling up keep trade cut right now just to see where Watson already is. Cause I bet it's like the stupid. Um, I would definitely believe that. And it's keep trade cuts uh, in, in real time pretty much too. Uh, and for the record, I, I, so I think their platform is great and what they've attempted to do is really, really cool. But I think the actual rankings on keep trade cut as they suck. I would never use it for anything that I've ever done in my entire life. Um, but it is out there. And it has Christian Watson, 76th player overall, wide receiver 31. He's what he gave Davis is valued as wide receiver 30 and Watson's at 31. That feels <laughs> roughly correct to me, but I think you'll always be able to find somebody in your league that values them more like wide receiver, you know, like Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 23, or, you know, Michael Pittman, wide receiver 20. Like, I think you can find people that view them in that range. And that's the person that you sell to for that value. Because in reality, I actually think I have a lot of bones to pick with, with keep trade cut. And I actually disagree with some of the guys they have right below it, but I think that's about the range that those guys should both fall into. Fair enough. I, I see. I, I liked the, uh, this was a pretty popular comparison for him coming in, but I liked the Marquez Valdez Scantling comparison. And I think that that's kind of holding up true as well, where you get a couple of big boom plays and then just not much else. So, you know, Gabe Davis ish as well there, but I don't necessarily know if I see the ceiling, especially long-term for Watson that I think Davis can possess Davis being tied to Josh Allen versus Watson being tied to Aaron Rodgers, who has looked very human this year and, and is probably retiring. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think that's another big deciding factor there too. Yeah. That's why I have Watson a lot lower. Fair enough. Um, other wide receivers here, though. Hollywood Brown uh, is coming back this week. They activated him off of IR. They are expecting him to play at this point this week, although that's not confirmed. But what is the impact that this is going to have here on DeAndre Hopkins and on Rondale Moore? Rondale Moore has looked pretty solid the past couple of weeks here. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. I don't really know for sure. I actually went looking at Hopkins' contract to see what it was um, for something totally unrelated earlier today, 
and he still has a couple years there. Like they can't yeah. really cut him no. um, until after 2024 season, I believe. Um, so we have another couple years of him pretty much locked in there. I mean, it's very, again, you know, just talking about versatile, deep wide receiver rooms. It is a very versatile and deep group that all three of the guys kind of do something a little bit different. Um, I do think, you know, I, I don't expect his numbers um, to be what they were to start the season, but I still think he can be pretty dang dynamic. Like, I think there's room for all of them, although I think it'll be tough to maybe guess who's who on a week-to-week basis. Um, I think the big question for them is actually going to be what do they do with, like, is Cliff Kingsbury actually going to be the coach there moving forward? I think that's a very I, real question. I, I would be interested to see, but I don't think, like, I, I don't know that... Um, a I don't know that another coach like helps or hurts them like the NFL runs three wide receiver sets the majority of the time nowadays like I don't know that one of them is going to get benched because Cliff isn't there you know yeah yeah the NFL has definitely moved uh, a lot heavier to a three wide receiver set I actually think these three wide receivers complement each other pretty well I think this I agree and they're tight ends I mean they've got Ertz who's now out I don't know if he's for the year or for an extended amount of time but they have McBride, who they drafted this year to kind of fill in for him. Like I th- the running backs, it's kind of a, a committee for sure. But um, I-, I think this offense is in a great place. And I know Cliff's supposed to be an offensive guru. Um, but I-, I-, I think anybody that they bring in there, as long as they don't bring in some, you know, I, I don't want to speak into anything bad into existence, but unless they bring in just like some total hack, I think they would all be fine offensively. What about We've a hack? Off- get. <laughs> Yeah, that would be one. That would be one. Um, a couple of that I got. Bob's going to be floating around this offseason. Please, please, dear God, no. Oh, there's no. Um, DeAndre De- DeAndre Hopkins will not let that oh, happen. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> uh, that's a very good point. I, yeah, I think I think he could kill Bob in that instance, and it would be defined as self-defense, and he would be fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I as long as you get somebody who's like not a net negative, I think that they can all coexist together for a while. Yeah, I agree. And just another note on their running back situation. They cut, you know, Benjamin this week um, mm-hmm. resurfaces on Houston here. I think that's really interesting because they didn't really, they weren't a deep running back team. They have Keontae Ingram. Uh, you know, now they have James, they have James Connor kind of the lead back he's going to handle pretty much everything but they don't really have anybody else that's that's that great you know they lost Edmonds in the offseason here so i think that's interesting too um to keep an eye on at the running back position but yeah um i have ingram stashed a few places i'll be interested to see i don't know that he's like a lead nfl back but no stranger things have happened for sure yeah yeah. Um, all right well we'll get into the the meat of the show here the main segment we're going to be talking about building blocks for your team, you know, top three players that we're going to want to build our teams around. But before we get into that, this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at fantasy points live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content beyond what we can provide at C2C here, Fantasy Points is a great resource. Yeah, they use promo code CAMPUS22 over there for a 10% off of your membership. Moving into the building blocks here. Uh, you know, this is, you know, some of these names will be a little bit more. There's, there's some obvious names here. There's Josh Allen. There's Pat Mahomes. 
Justin Herbert, guys like that. Yeah, obviously we want to build around them. Um, but beyond those players, just a little bit deeper, uh, who's one player that you want to build your team around? Yeah, so I tried to pick some players here that I think are I'll use like I did, you know, I, I want to build around Jamar Chase. I want to build around Justin Jefferson. I want to, you know, I want all these, you know, top, 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 top tier guys, you know, top five draft picks. But reality, you know, those guys are hard to get your hands on. If you don't already have your hands on them, um, they're, they're probably prohibitively expensive. So guy that I love, Jalen Waddle, who I think is not that much worse of a player than those guys. Uh, and I see that he has a lot of places probably been bumped at the wide receiver three, but I think a lot of places still kind of value CD lamb over him, uh, possibly AJ Brown, maybe Diggs, like some of these guys. And I think that I would rather him than any of those guys. He's going to be tied to Tua for the foreseeable future. Those guys just fit together so well with their games. I think the thing about his game, his, his game overall is that he's so versatile anyway. Like you, that right now, they're basically deploying him on shallow stuff and just letting him run after the catch. But I think he's also really, really good deep. So if something were to happen and he got a new quarterback or was on a new team, that you could be deployed in, in any other way and would still be completely fine. Uh, I think he's basically uh, team agnostic as it as it comes to skill set. So he's a guy that I think like even this offseason, I think he was going to like the fourth round of startups, like way, way, way too cheap. I think he's probably more expensive than that now. But I still like I, I I think that he's not valued correctly, and he's a guy that I I would even be tempted if I had like Jefferson down to him, and then depending on what the the plus is, I could be convinced to do that. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're not gonna I find anybody here who uh, you're not gonna find a disagreement from me in Jalen Waddle. I love Jalen Waddle; he's my wide receiver one in that class, which may not have been you know, necessarily correct because Jamar Chase is phenomenal. And you know, I had just one or two concerns about him coming out, you know, missing that whole year and everything. But I liked Jaden Waddle, Jalen Waddle a lot. So no complaint here over that one. I I just saw that you changed your answer on here, which is after hilarious. you, af you after you, after, after the way you started that off, I, you know, I, I had to change it here. Um, That's too funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> I will I'll change it a little bit here. It's still in the same vein. I the one player that I would have looked about build my team around CD Lamb. Um, you know, only 23 years old and I think he's really hitting his prime right now. Uh, he's very clearly the wide receiver one in Dallas in an offense that throws the ball a good amount. Dak Prescott back there, he's going to be tied to him for a number of years. Um and in two games since Prescott's been back, he's been the wide receiver 12 and the wide receiver one. So he was good without Prescott. And he's, I think he's going to be really good with Prescott. So he's probably going to be a little bit tougher to get than Jalen Waddle, because I do think people aren't quite as high on him. They also see Tyreek there and they're like, well, he's the number two option in that offense, but I don't necessarily think that matters. But CD Lamb, if you're a guy, if you're somebody who wants the number one option in that offense, it's CD Lamb. I mean, he is the second leading, uh, he's the second highest target share in the league right now, 32.1%. So, you know, he's very clearly that number one option on a very good offense. Yeah, tied to a good quarterback long term, which is what we like with a lot of these uh, young wide receivers. Um, so, I mean, we, we both put down a couple names here. My next one here is Saquon Barkley. 
and I think this is a bit of a head scratcher, and I'm sure you're interested to hear. I am interested. Why I put a, a running back that's been in the league so long. I think he's one of those running backs that can play for a while. He, people just forget like how amazing of a prospect Saquon Barkley was. Like, no offense to Bijan Robinson, who I think is amazing, but he is not the prospect that Saquon Barkley was. Like, this dude can do everything. And really, outside of like you know the season where he hurt his knee, and then the next one where basically like he tried to come back and like probably had some complications from from rehab and things like that, and wasn't quite right. Like this dude has just been freaking amazing. He's tied to an, a head coach that is an offensive head coach. Which we've talked about on the show a lot. Like I think that matters a lot. I think they don't have a good enough quarterback that way would abandon the run or or get ever really get away from the run. So I think that he's going to see. Uh, a pretty good amount of volume. He does not have that much tread on his tires over the past few years. Like Penn state didn't really run him into the ground and he hasn't really been used that way in the NFL either. I mean, even this season he has two games above 30 carries and then he has a, like, it doesn't have another one over 25. Like they, they, they're not like running him into the ground and he's still putting up, you know, 152, 110, 146, 164 yards in these games. I, I he's already basically at a thousand yards this year. I think he has another three or four years left in him that are going to be really, really, really good. And I think you can buy him for cheaper than that. Like, I really think he maybe should be the dynasty RB two or three. That's interesting. Um, especially after you traded, you and I made a trade for him earlier in the off season. So Idiot. interesting to hear your thoughts. Idiot. Interesting to hear that. Cooper Cubs hurt, man. You're the idiot. If you ever thought he was going to be the wide receiver one, you should quit fantasy. You're I'm a loser. I'm loser. a loser. The counselor uh, got me. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I that's interesting with, with Barkley. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think he is the type of running back that can play a little bit longer. And I forget where I saw this. Honestly, I read so much on Twitter and you know, uh, so I don't remember exactly where I saw everything from, but it might have been Noah Hills. Um, but they were talking about the running back aging and how, you know, everybody thinks nowadays running backs hit hit a wall at like 26. Like, forget about it. I don't want a running back on their second contract. Get them out of here. I think that could have been a little bit because of, you know, just the time frame that we were in with running backs. There weren't that many that were playing beyond those years. But there's definitely some, you know, we had guys like Marshawn Lynch play for a while. We had guys like AP play for a while and at high levels. So it's not unheard of. And I think Barkley is the type of guy that could do that, especially if they continue to use him the way that they are. And I do trust Brian um, Dayball to use him correctly and to use him a little bit in the passing game there as well. So I like that call. Yeah, I, I, I just he's only 25, too. Like, yeah. It feels like he's been around for forever. He's younger than like Joe Mixon. Um, yeah. So I, I, I just think, you know, he's, I would like, I would obviously never take him over JT in a startup because of, you know, value and everything, but like at mm-hmm. current value, I, I would much rather have Saquon. I don't know what the Colts are going to do over the next couple of years. I, I have zero idea. I feel like the Giants, even though their, their record is a bit inflated this year, I think that I feel like they have a bit of a vision right now, which yeah. I like. Yeah, I, I think that they made some really nice improvements this offseason here, much to your chagrin. I don't root I against the Giants. I just think their fans are some of the dumbest people that walk planet Earth. But other <laughs> than that, I'm fine with it. This is a long-standing feud. 
but I'm not afraid to say nice things about the franchise when they do nice things. I mean, the Roonies and the Maras, they're, they're, they're linked together. Yeah. My uh, next player here that I would want to build around is a guy who's actually not even in the league right now. Bijan Robinson. So essentially you're going to want to get that one, one, but Look, I think Bijan Robinson, everything that we said about Saquon, I think a lot of that can apply to Bijan Robinson. I think he is the best running back prospect to come out since Saquon Barkley. He just does everything really, really well. I think he's going to be a first round running back here. You know, those are getting rarer and rarer, but I think Bijan is is going to be a uh, a first round running back. And it honestly wouldn't surprise me if it's, you know, middle of the first, you know, we're talking 15, 16 here, as opposed to Najee Harrison, Travis Etienne, who went in a little bit, you know, the mid to late twenties. So I think his, he's, he's got the pedigree. He's got the play style. That's going to lend itself well to the NFL. He can play in all three phases. He's good in the pass game as well. So I think this is just a guy who's going to be a staple of your team for years to come here. And even though he's not in the league yet, man, do I want that 101 so I can go get him. If you're in a league that isn't as rookie crazy this early, man, I'm going to get that that pick that I think the 101 is. How many leagues are you in that the, the, the league is not pick crazy? Um, there's like there's one or two that I'm in that's not as pick crazy at this time of year. You know, obviously the picks just continue to kind of increase in value as the offseason goes on. If you're in a C2C league, I mean, forget about it. You know, everybody in a C2C league knows Bijan Robinson. You have to trade for Bijan Robinson straight up. You obviously can't trade for the 101 unless you're in a multi-copy league like a couple of ours. But if if you can't, I have so I have a lot of Bijan. I was very lucky last offseason or two offseasons ago where I ended up with a ton of 101s and startups, and that was my 101. So I took a ton of him. Um if you came into my apartment tonight while I was sleeping and put a gun to my head and said I had to give you Bijan or you're gonna blow my brains out, I would just tell you to do it. <laughs> I would rather have Bijan. Sorry. Sorry. My my wife inherits Bijan. So you're welcome, Kelsey. Maybe maybe I can go back and sleep in the room tonight now that I t- if I don't I tell her that. Kelsey, Kelsey is a big Bijan fan. She would really love if I woke her up and told her that. Yeah, she absolutely would. Um yes. All right, who's your who's your last guy here? Your number three player, your last guy you want to build around. This is going to be a really weird one, but it, I it is interesting. To, it is I want everyone to bear with me here for a second. I really want to build around Brandon Ayuk, and I know like Brandon Ayuk right now. You know, this is a guy that's basically he's got forty four catches this year, five hundred sixty seven yards, four touchdowns. Like he's top, you know, twenty five in all those categories. I think he's twenty sixth in receptions, whatever. And for his career, you know, no. no amazing years he's right around those 60 catches 800 900 yards handful of touchdowns but this is a low volume passing offense and it's the kind of team where the what their way their money is currently distributed that i'm not sure that he resigns there i think brandon Ayuk is the prime guy that goes to team number two and his career kind of blows up and he has a couple of really 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 good years i think he is insanely talented i think he's the perfect kind of player that most NFL offenses have really shifted toward at the wide receiver position. And I'm not talking about, you know, he's actually not the kind of player they want in San Francisco. Like they want these position lists, like 215 pound. Like, is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? Is he a, an H back? Is he a tight end? Like it's kind of, kind of nebulous. He's really the only guy in that offense that isn't like that. 
which means he, you know, he, he provides a, 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 some sort of value there that nobody else does, but he's, I, I just think like he can be used in basically any offense. I think he could be a target hog if a team wanted him to be. I think he's a very good route runner. I think he gets open. I think you can run him in the short, intermediate, and deep game, and I think he can win effectively in all three. I've seen him get open in the red zone pretty easily. He's not a jump ball guy, but he can create instant separation. And if you go, again, I'm using keep trade cut. Their rankings suck. <laughs> but if you look at the guys that where he is on the list, he's wide receiver 25, which feels fair. But if you look at some of the guys that are directly above him long-term, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Hollywood, Michael Pittman, Devonta Smith, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, Debo Samuel. Like there's three or four names in there that I would much rather have him over. I don't think he's generally viewed in the same range as those guys. I I think he's the kind of guy that and he's only 24. Like he's still got four, five, six years ahead of him. So I want to see what happens. I know there's a little bit of, you know if he leaves San Francisco, but I mean, even if he stays there, he's still producing wide receiver, low end wide receiver two value right now. Like you're not missing out on anything, but I think he has the potential if he leaves there and, and gets signed to be the alpha in, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm not even going to try, but if he goes to an offense like that, like I think he could, he could be a wide receiver one for a few years. Like I, I really think he's that talented. Interesting. Uh, that's not a guy that I was really considering as somebody to build around, but you know, and I don't know if I would necessarily build around him of sorts, but I yeah, do think build he's around a, a stretch. I do think he's a buy, and I think you made a really interesting point there in that you're buying him for a wide receiver, a low end wide receiver two price. He's returning low end wide receiver two value right now, and I think that he there's a very good chance that he stays there in that range, but he does have a higher ceiling than that. He has Debo Samuel on another team in his range of outcomes. I mean, these are the, these are the most valuable players actually in dynasty are the players that if you can identify them the year before they blow up, then like you're, you're getting four five, six rounds on startup ADP in value, like just snapping your fingers, doing absolutely nothing. And he's like, Amon Ra was that last off season. Mm-hmm. Some of the rookies were this year, um, you know, Cooper cup, Debo Samuel were both guys that they gained a bunch of rounds in value. I just think he could be the next guy. And really, honestly, if you're looking at, anything between him and wide receiver like 50 like there's not a lot of other guys that i would consider with that same similar upside i mean calvin ridley maybe I'm but not building around calvin ridley, but... and he's we don't even know when he's coming back necessarily exactly, exactly. Yeah. so uh, that's that's my my rationale for him i think you can get him in like sixth seventh eighth round of startups right now and that realistically in, in a year or two he could be going like the, the late third early fourth that's interesting it's interesting i like that um, my last guy here that I would build around is a guy that I was lower on coming into this year, uh, Mark Andrews, tight end for Baltimore. And, you know, this little bit of a caveat, just a little bit. I think he's a build around your team type of a player in a tight end premium league. If it's not a tight end premium league, I wouldn't necessarily build around him because the tight end position is, is tough. Um, but even if it's not a tight end premium league, he would be just in terms of, of pure fantasy points here. And, and he did miss a game. Um, he would be the wide receiver 21 if he was just a, as a wide receiver Jeez. right now. So pretty, that's pretty solid. I mean, he's, and he's still pretty far behind Kelsey. I would also, I might not build around Kelsey just because of his age. Kelsey's 33. Now I do think that, you know, elite tight ends with Travis Kelsey's skill set 
tend to play until they're 37, 38. You know, Tony Gonzalez and Anthony Gates both played until they were 37, 38. Jason Witten even played until he was 38. You know, so tight ends can play for a long time. So I think Travis Kelsey has a couple years left. But Mark Andrews is 27. Mark Andrews very, very clearly right now the tight end too. Um, you know, he, you know, in terms of, in terms of points, um, overall, he, Zach, uh, Zach Ertz is fairly close, but you know, Mark Andrews is averaging eight targets a game. He is the wide receiver one in that Baltimore offense. And even before Bateman got hurt, he was still the wide receiver one in that offense. You know, he's Travis Kelsey light right now, but he's also six years younger. So I, I like to build around an elite tight end in tight end premium leagues because it's just it can just give you such a huge advantage um especially one as young as, as andrews so i would i would be looking to build around andrews in tight end premium leagues and even if it's not a tight end premium league he's definitely a guy that i want on my team very strongly yeah don't blame me at all there yeah and and i you know coming into the year here i was a little skeptical that he could repeat his performance from last year and he hasn't but he's still been very good so he hasn't been like as amazing as he was at times last year, but he's still been very good, still been very valuable. And you know, my reference of Mark Andrews being wide receiver twenty-one in non non tight end premium scoring, in non tight end premium scoring, Travis Kelsey would be the wide receiver five. He's just having a phenomenal year, and Cooper Cup, wide receiver four, obviously uh, going to be out for a little while, so Kelsey could even jump him, but. Slightly different topic there. But that is going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, again, you know, keep an eye out all week here. We're going to be talking about this promotion that we're running. We're going to be talking about it on the pods here. If you remember, keep an eye out on your inbox on Black Friday. You're going to get that in that email. If you're not a member, uh, sign up on Black Friday or, or through Cyber Monday to get take advantage of this promotion that we're running right now. It's just a way for us to you know, say thank you guys to, to the, the current members and anybody who listens, who's not a member. Um, thank you for listening and, and come join the, join the party, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.